Naked Vibe Show. Are you ready to get naked? Welcome to the 50th episode of the Naked Vibe Show. I'm pretty excited about that. The podcast space is strewn with a lot of shows that do seven or so episodes and then abandon the process because it involves a lot of work. It also involves a lot of love, and that's what I'm committed to bringing you with episodes that give you insights and valuable information and fun to help uplift you on your journey. Naked Vibes is about standing in your truth, about being naked and unashamed about who you truly are. And Naked Vibes is also about music. Music moves our souls. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so on nakedvibes.com. You'll find all the streaming services there so you can sign up for it and you won't miss an episode because I've got a lot of great conversations coming up for you, like today's episode with one of my friends who's helping me celebrate the 50th episode. He didn't even know that. I didn't even realize it (laughs) until later. But we hung out on a video chat. And if you want to see the video, you can also find that on nakedvibes.com or subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Also, if you've been enjoying the podcast, please share it with someone else. Text them the link or share it on social media. That will go a long way with helping me bring you another 50 episodes. So without further ado, let's get into this episode with Don Muskies, tour manager, production manager, musician, audio engineer. You're going to love what he has to say. Welcome to the Naked Vibe Show. I'm Kimberly Kane and super excited to be with you here today and to have my guest. You're going to love his stories, Don Muskies, who is the current production manager for Alanis Morissette, and he's so generous. He's literally about to walk out the door for her next tour, but he's going to spend some time here with me today and just has a lot of great insights to share. And we also have a special guest, which I'm not going to tell you about just yet, but it is the co-host of his podcast, which is called The Road Dog Project. And we'll get into all that and we'll introduce the special guest in a little bit here. So Hello, Don. Welcome. Hello. Thanks. You got a lot for me to live up to there. (laughs) Oh, I'll just say here that Don and I have known each other for a really long time. I'm not going to say how long (laughs) because it's long. Yeah. It's all good. You know, and so we've been in places where... uh, We've been on the same show productions or crossed paths on larger productions where we were both there in different capacities. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of different things we can talk about. But one of the things that Don really brings to the table here is being in a position of leadership, managing a lot of people in some high stress situations. And so we're going to talk about that and, and how he manages that stress and manages the stress of the people around him. So before we go there, I want to talk about the Road Dog Project for just a minute. So Tell us about that. Like, what got that started? What What was the impetus for getting you going on that? 
Well, the Road Dog Project is um, something born in the pandemic. Like many people, I had to find something to do for a lot of different reasons. Um, I had a lot of different ideas. So long story short, it is a uh, podcast, a moving podcast on a tour bus with uh, people in our industry. Uh, myself and my dog, Leon, co-host the show. And we are literally driving and moving. You can see us moving while we're interviewing people in the industry. And, uh, you know, it came together because I needed something to do. I wanted to talk about some of the things that were happening with our industry. But I also wanted to highlight and uh, bring to light some of the people that people don't know about behind the scenes. So that's what it became more of. Uh, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to, there was a lot of frustration in the pandemic. I didn't want to it, it to become a gripe session or anything like that. And so I tried to focus on really just kind of letting people tell their stories. I find that a lot of people outside of our business uh, enjoy it more than people that enter our business because they're curious and because they've never heard of some of these things and all these jobs behind the scenes. And there are artists and people that you may have heard of and that sort of thing too, but everybody's got a story and I like to bring out things that people haven't heard about and people don't know about and how they got there because everybody that I've interviewed has been doing it for a long time in a, in a successful manner. And so how they got there is, I think, always a great story. Oh, it is always a great story. And you're right. I mean, in the entertainment business, there's the the persona, the public persona, and that's what happens on stage or in front of the camera because that's an actual job. It's a job to bring to people something wonderful, something special, something insightful, something that's going to move them. And so there's a lot that has to go on behind the scenes to, to make that happen. And, you know, you could say, oh, it's a fantasy to think, oh, that's, you know, you hear people say, yeah, I just love to be a rock star. I always think of uh, Dire Straits, Ugh. Money for nothing. Thank you. It's like I've, yeah. I go around singing. I'm like, yeah. why did that just leave my head? So, yeah. you know, money for nothing and your chicks for free, right? And it's, I love that song, but it is such a great capsule of a story about what people think about being a rock star and the way that happens. But then I also realize that is part of the job is to to portray that persona, that idea that we're going to have this capsule of time where we create this world where everybody has a good time. And so we talked a little bit about that and your job behind the scenes to make sure that that actually happens when the lights go down, right? So absolutely. Talk a little bit about, we'll go back to the Road Dog Project here and sure. kind of float in and out of that. Yeah. Talk for a minute a little bit about your job and those people that you're mentioning behind the scenes who pull all that together, like what it really takes to, if you can encapsulate, to put on a big show. Well, there's a, everybody has a, a perspective of what they think it is if they're not in the business. And, and we have the same thing with other industries, whether it's real estate or big businesses or big corporation things. We have no idea what goes on. But, you know, something comes to the public. So when people walk in, I've had people ask me before, you know, we're going into buildings for a show on the day of show a lot of times at 6 a.m. or whatever. And um, depending on the size of production. And some people will ask me, why do you guys get there so early again? The show's not till late. <laughs> they have no idea. You know, you have to imagine when you go into a concert hall or an arena or a theater 
that that room is bare when we get in there, you know, and a lot of people think that Singer just jumps up there and plugs in a microphone and all those lights are already there and that sort of thing. It's just not the case. So, you know, you're trying to deliver a polished product uh, at the end of the day and, a, and an experience, really. It, that's, that's what I got turned on to as a kid when I went to my first concerts. It's an experience from walking in the door to standing in line for concessions to watching a show. And so an artist is trying to deliver all that stuff. There's so many things behind all that. And in my job, I always say, there's nothing really difficult about what I do. There's a lot of it. But I, I think above everything else, you have to manage personalities. You have so many people on the crew. You have people in the band, the musicians and that sort of thing. You have management to deal with. Then um, you have locals that work with you at every venue. So you can't, you, there's no way with all those numbers that you're going to expect everybody to walk in with the same sort of goals in life, same sort of, you know, everybody's got a story from where they just walked out of their home, their personal lives, and they're going to come in and do their thing. And it's not yeah. uncommon to other industries, but we're taking this from city to city every day. And then a whole new bunch of uh, locals every day. And so um, not everybody feels the same way every day. And you have to do, you have to deliver the same thing every day. And, and it goes down to the artist too, who has business to conduct during the day. They have their personal lives and they walk up those stairs to get on the stage. The audience wants and expects something. They're not worried about what you just dealt with, right? you know, before you walked on. They want you to take them out of what they just dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. They're looking for an escape too. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to to bring them that escape. I like to look at it as it, it's exactly what you said. It's not just um, we're going in and we're, we're doing our, our daily work. You are creating an experience that is designed to take people on a journey. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot involved in taking people on that journey. And, you know, we, we've talked some about, um, well, first of all, the the industry, the production part of it is heavily male. You know, the the percentage mm -hmm. of men Absolutely. in production is a, is a lot higher. Yeah. And I, I've been working in that environment for a lifetime, so I'm comfortable there. And uh, but one thing I recognize is that men don't have as many outlets to deal with their stress as women do. There's so many women's groups and so many wonderful things that women yeah. have to be able to, first of all, women talk with one another more. And so they're more able to, uh, to deal with some of that stress. Men, you know, the, the rate of heart attacks is so much higher. The, um, you know, we, we lose men earlier in life. And a lot of that is because of just not having those outlets or healthy ways to deal with stress. And one of the things that you and I had talked about, you said, you don't necessarily know how people are perceiving you. I know on shows going back years ago, there's a lot of people who, and for good reason, again, because these shows go up, it's like you're building a house today. You're going to build that thing today and everybody's moving in and we're having a big party yeah. all today. Yeah. And then we're going to demolish that house at the end of the day yeah. and do it again tomorrow. Yeah. So the stress, it is a, a high stress situation. And so we're used to seeing 
uh, some really hot-headed people <laughs> walk around in that barking orders. And when I go back and look at things, I remember always looking over at you and going, Don is cool and he's comfortable. He's taking care of business. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I want you to talk about that for a minute, about how you manage stress. And especially now that you're working in really big tour situations, how you help others manage that stress? Well, to I, I'll kind of go backwards here, starting with that, how you help others, I think is, uh, you know, it's kind of like parenting, uh, setting an example. And you can, you can set a vibe or you can set a, uh, a mood by your actions, if you're in charge of things, uh, and whether it's, you can set that mood and head in the wrong direction, or you can, you know, in a calm direction. The reason that there's a few reasons why things can get stressful because we're on a timeline and there's expectation expectations from the audience. And, and there's also those timelines have dollar figures attached to them in terms of if you go late, uh, labor and time and rentals and all those sort of things. And, and getting to the next city. So there's a lot of reasons why things can snowball and become stressful. Uh, for me, how I got there, I think I was fortunate in that I come from a very large family and I'm also fortunate if for some reason I have taken a very observant view. I've had so many, uh, I've come from, I'm the youngest of six in my family. Um, uh, both my parents have large families. And so almost every weekend was a large gathering of some sort. And then if there's a wedding or a funeral or any sort of event, family event, it's a lot of people all at once. And so I became observant early on and I'm constantly still to this day, when I see certain things, especially the things that bother me or, or people that I feel like are going in a stressful direction I'm trying to become more aware of where I'm, what do I, how am I, how am I doing? Do I do that? You know, how do I want to, you know, so I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people that you can learn from all the time and go, I want to be like that, or I don't want to be like that, you know? Um, and so I think really for me, it's on a daily basis, especially now it's trying to be focused and trying to uh, just convey that idea through the day. Focus is a big deal. And the other side of it too is, nothing we're doing is very serious and people forget this is there's nothing serious about this it's not a life and, and death yeah, situation yeah we're trying to deliver entertainment you know right uh and worst case scenarios in a lot of these things is might cost us a little more money or we might be a little late and the other side of that too is i mean i i work above some people and i work below some people uh four people and i have over the years and sometimes certain people are so set in their ways and think uh, or operate in a way that they feel they have to be aggressive. They almost thrive in a stressful vibe. And if you don't get on their level, they get upset with you. You know, if I can, if I can be calm in what's going on, no matter what it is, but they're wanting to drive harder and, and I don't join in, sometimes that's irritating to them. Oh, yeah. Do you think that sometimes, um, do you see a lot of 
masculine posturing, you know, like when you're talking sure. about that need to be aggressive and be the boss and tell everybody what's going on, the ego being there. Sure. And how do you see that really getting in the way for men? Um, not, not being able to just really be okay with being calm and open and loving and showing that, like you said, that this is not life or death. And even if it is, we're just here for this one life, right? And we can yeah, enjoy yeah, exactly. one another. How do you see that kind of getting in the way for men in particular? Well, I go back to a lot of, uh, you know, in my business, uh, I'm, I'm basically, you know, an independent contractor. And, and so I work for a lot of different people at different times. And so some clients will be a short period of time, whether it's a weekend or two, and some people will be a long tour or uh, different productions for a weekend or whatever. And if you, whatever job it is, if you don't like going to work, then, you know, it's just no fun. Why? I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm at a place where it's like, I don't want to do that. If I, if I, if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, then what's, what's the point here? And sometimes right. one bad apple, you know, can ruin the whole thing for, you know, they're setting a bad vibe, you know, and there's just, yeah. no, there's no reason for it. it just doesn't have to be, it, work can be tough for a lot of different reasons. Anyway, there's no reason to make it worse by, with a bad attitude, you know, attitudes mm -hmm. are really important. Um, it does get in the way. It does get in the way because it just, it's challenging to stay in a good vibe if somebody is just wrecking the room with their attitude. Well, that's a good way to put it, wrecking the room, because, you know, we we both work in the understanding that everything is energy. Yeah. Everything yeah. is on a frequency and that's constantly traveling and it's constantly moving. Yeah. And so what you come into the room, the vibe literally and that you know sometimes people can listen to that and think oh the vibe you know that's that's really so groovy yeah. and hippie yeah. and, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, out yeah. there it's not the vibe is a vibration literally a vibration a frequency yeah. that is moving in sound and in light and we carry that and so walking into a room the vibe that i bring in does touch and affect everybody yeah. else yeah. And that is a really, when you think about the responsibility of that, that we really all have a responsibility to bring our best and not just for the others in the room, but it's kind of like, I like to say, one of the exercises that I do for myself sometimes is if I'm feeling uh, a sense of irritation, or if I'm feeling like I'm wanting something that I'm not getting, I'll stop and just ask myself, what is it that you're actually wanting right now? And it may seem like, well, I want that person to do that. That really might not be what you're wanting. If you take it a little deeper and you go, what is it that I'm really wanting? Well, right now I'm really wanting the feeling of of kind of more peace because I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety. I'm feeling a little bit of stress. So what I really want is a little more peace. Guess what? I can actually make that happen within myself and then other people feel it. And then the stress level comes down. And I know that we talked a little bit about spirituality and meditation and that you talked about uh, doing some meditation in your life. Yeah. And what kind of practices do you engage in that you feel like really help you bring your best self to the table? Well, I've attempted and experimented in meditation in different ways for a long time. Um, I think it's a challenge for anybody. And, and I think a big part of it in any 
new task is consistency. Right now, I'm in a place where a 10-minute calm meditation is about all I get in. What I, I strive for more because I have seen the benefits. In the pandemic, when we had so much time to explore all kinds of different things, I actually spent probably a month, which looking back on it, it's astounding, but that's how much time <laughs> I had on my hands. I did probably about a, at least a good month of a solid hour of meditation. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. There's so many uh, different avenues and practices and everybody has their way. Um, and I've tried to listen to a lot of different people and read a little bit on the, on the subject on meditating on something or meditating on nothing. And just there's so many different practices. But for me, I think the common thread is the stillness because my business and what I do, what a lot of people do is there's a lot of uh, social interaction and there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of uh, things that can be overwhelming. And um, again, managing a lot of different personalities. Um, and there's so many situations that can happen in the course of a day in my line of work. There's so many things that can go wrong, so many things that can break. There's so many mechanical pieces. You got technical and then you have personalities. Everybody's got their own life and their own personal life that they have to, you know, they're having to shift into work mode. So when we went back to work, we were out of work for a good year and a half. Our industry and some people even longer than that with very few options to do anything else in our business, in our line of work, in our careers. Um, that when we went back to work in 2021, summer of 2021, it was still an iffy time with COVID, with masks, with testing. Again, we're taking all these buses with confined spaces, you know, uh, 10 to 12 people on a bus, seven buses, seven or eight trucks. You have drivers, you have, uh, then you're going into a new city every day and intermingling with another hundred locals, uh, backstage staff. All those challenges, on top of already a rigorous schedule, on top of adding in trying to stay safe with COVID, trying to stay healthy, all those things. There's just so many ways that things can go wrong. It could have been very stressful and it was challenging. And there was people around me, again, the personalities that we've talked about that handle it differently. Um, but I attribute, and I didn't realize it till later, I attribute that meditation practice to helping me through all that. Oh, I'm sure. There was the other element to it was when you haven't done something for a really long time, you lose your your automatic thought process. There's so many yeah. things when we went back to work. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot some things that just came naturally to me. We just completely, you know, just kind of lose your mental checklist of things, mm -hmm. and so you can fall behind a lot of things. But um, I I attribute that meditation practice to for me getting back into it at that time and being able to get through all that. We did uh, 35 shows in the middle of, you know, still an iffy time with COVID when so many acts were canceling because they couldn't get through it. People were getting sick. Mm. Um, events were getting full of crowds and it was still like, can we Scary. do this? Can we do? Yeah. yeah. And uh, we, we marched on. We had, we had people have, we had to drop off and quarantine and get sick on the road. And that sort of thing. I was fortunate not to and replacing people and, um, in, in key positions, it's just not easy. Um, but again, just I, I say all that because you have to find a calm space. For me, I have to find a calm, quiet space somewhere in the day. And it helps when, if I can say, the shit hits the fan. <laughs> Absolutely. 
I hear from men all the time wanting to shift gears, wanting to know how to take their life or the dreams they've kept under wraps and catapult into a new level of experience. A desire for a new experience in their intimate relationships, career, or a personal adventure to shake things up a bit because they sense there's more. Does this sound like you? Then join me on an epic adventure that will take you to that next level of experience and freedom you're craving. I'll be leading a small group of guys to Sedona in April 2023 to learn from the land, literally. It's a powerful place where I learned firsthand how connected we are to it and how it can show you the path to manifest your desires. And that transformation can happen fast, lightning fast, because you're putting yourself in an environment and an experience designed to create a quantum leap. It's not a school of the intellect. It's a direct line from the most potent energy field into your own knowing. You'll come away knowing what you didn't know before without a bunch of mental work or study. And you'll immediately be able to use it to bring your desires into your tangible daily reality. This isn't for everyone. It's for a small group of guys who wanna connect with me as a coach on a higher level and who want to be involved in a shared experience in a safe space with some other fantastic guys. I've had many Sedona experiences over quite a few years, and I promise you've never experienced anything like it. We're going to have a blast. <laughs> if this is calling to you at all, go to KimberlyKane.com slash adventures. That's Kimberly with an L-Y and C-A-I-N slash adventures. Read what others have to say about their coaching experience and how it has transformed their lives. From deep, loving changes in their intimate relationships to shifts in their career that made them happier than they could ever have imagined. Then sign up to get more info on your own coaching experience. Let's get your questions answered and get you on the road to living your life as the epic adventure you know you're meant to be living. The fact that you were able to meditate, you know, during that space of time that you had for long periods of time. One of the things that I learned about meditation is even though you have to continue the practice, doing that has benefits way down the road. So you're still benefiting from having done that. There's no question because you put yourself in a state of mindfulness that once you go there, you're not going to come back out of that again. Yeah. And now when you only have maybe 10 minutes, let's say to meditate, one of the things that I've learned is once you get into a practice of it, that 10 minutes, because you're putting your, I'm trying to remember if that's the theta brainwave state, I think it is. Yeah. But once yeah. you put yourself into that state, you are, you're out you're out of time. You're out of physical time. You're into a state yeah. of higher consciousness, which means you are traveling at a much faster rate of speed in, in absorbing what you need to know. And when I say what you need to know, that's on that much higher level of what we need to know. Like the understanding of how many things just really don't matter, yeah. right? Yeah. And then that's you can... That's utilize that. And when you go yeah. into your, you know, when yeah. you get off that tour bus and, yeah. and you have to hit the ground running for, you know, setting up the next venue. So 
talking about having that big space of time off, you know, during COVID and getting the Road Dog Project up and running, you've been able to interview some interesting people. Uh, I know you interviewed Buford Jones, who's really well known in entertainment and audio industry. And And I'm sure that that was fun. And you mentioned also Rick Presley. So talk a little bit about, and I think before we even talk about that, that it might be time to introduce your co-host for the Road Dog Project. (laughs) People need to know Leon. Hey, come, (laughs) come. He's looking out the window. He thinks somebody's showing up. Come here. (laughs) He's ready to hit the tour bus. What's oh, hey. Say hello. What a Look good dog. Look who it is. Say hi. Hey, Leon. He's my best buddy, but he's in the middle of a serious nap. And if you uh, do get to check out the Road Dog Project, he is supposed to be my co-host, but he is a big slacker. He, ha- <laughs> he, has, he has napped through the best of the industry, I can tell you. And... Uh, that's part of the that's part of the charm because if you're not interested in the conversation, you can always watch him napping, rolling over, <laughs> licking himself, looking out the window. It's got something for everybody. Well, and the beauty of that is, like we were saying, you know, it's like there's things that get so serious, right? And if you want, if you don't have time to meditate, just spend some time with a dog, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there's your meditation. <laughs> Very therapeutic and. Going back to a couple of things, so I want to say about the meditation thing is for me and people that know me, you know, it's not something I share a lot of with the people around me. Uh, I am on the go and I don't sit still well. And so what I've tried to learn in the process of uh, exploring meditation is that you kind of... You know, they say, if you think you don't have enough time, then you need it more than anybody else. Absolutely. I, it's, it's so hard to sit still. It's so hard for me to take a nap. It's so hard to, to um, just do that stuff. And so that's part of the process for me is, uh, to, to um, say, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to sit here and I'm either going to think on nothing or I'm going to think on something, try to focus mm-hmm. on one thing. And very difficult because just like anybody else, you can think, is this just a big waste of time? Mm-hmm. And it and it's uh, something that takes practice for you to feel like it was worth it. Yeah. Especially when you have 10,000 things to do, you have a to-do list or whatever it is coming up, those sort of things. But it for me, it really does, I know the benefit, uh, however slight, it just helps me to deal. Yeah. Um, and it might be a constant 10 minute or an hour of the challenge of trying to let go of stuff, try to yes. get, eliminate the thoughts that keep trying to creep back in. It's yeah. like, this is not the time for the to-do list. This is not the time to worry about, did I turn the stove off? It's not it, all that stuff. Right. Um, it's really tough for me. And I know for a lot of people to, they just think it's a waste of time. And I, and I just I used to think it was the silliest thing. That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this because for guys like you, when, because yes, so many men do look at something like that. They're like, you know what? I got a lot of important stuff to do. Yeah. I don't have time yeah. to sit here and try to yeah. calm my mind for a minute. And that's one of the reasons I love talking with guys like you who are operating at a really high level. You've got a job, like you said, you are taking care of a lot of people and a lot of moving parts, yeah. but that 
10 minutes, let's say that you spend doing that meditation, talk about for a minute in a real practical way, how have you seen that that has helped you get everything else done by spending that 10 minutes, just clearing the mind? Uh, It's uh, trying to find that stillness. And I think it's, you know, everything comes back to perspective. And one of the things that I have to do constantly is I work a lot in visual things, whether it's a graph or just a line on a sheet of paper. But if you look at 10 minutes in your day of the 24 hours, so what is 10 minutes? You know, I, you right. can waste 10 minutes scrolling through your phone. It's so easy to do. The lure of the, of the anything, it doesn't have to be social media, just everything is in your phone now. So it's easy. You can, I can catch myself all the time going, I've been sitting here for 20 minutes doing nothing, but just, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's all, all the bait is there. So, so if I can do that and try to know that the benefit is there for me, 10 minutes is going to, but at the end of the day is nothing. And sometimes it might be a nap. Sometimes I need a nap, you know, at at my age, I need a nap sometimes and I thrive on power naps and, and some people can't do that either, but I'm telling you, uh, I'm a pro because because I, you know, I have my oldest brother, complains that he has trouble sleeping and stuff like that. What I got from my dad was I can sleep anywhere, anytime. I can sleep right here, right now. And people can't sleep on planes, all those different things. Well, I travel so much that sometimes I don't know what time zone I'm in. And I have literally gone from Europe to East Coast to the West Coast in the U.S. in a matter of a couple of days. And so your body is always trying to adjust. And maybe it's because I'm tired because I work a lot or whatever, but I have no problem. I can let, if I, once I get horizontal, I can You're do it. Out. And, and that, the other side of that too is when I've gotten into meditation and things like that, and even gone into, again, something that nobody would know about yoga, where there's some sometimes uh, meditation elements. My biggest fear with meditation always is I'm going to fall asleep. And it's happened. <laughs> and so I have to be upright. I have to be upright. Because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it's definitely a nap. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a difference between meditating yeah. and napping, yeah. isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Oh, I do the same thing. Sometimes when I'm in the time that I set aside for prayer or meditation, I can so easily fall asleep. So what's better for me than trying to clear my mind is putting a focus on one particular thing. And I don't care how good you get at it. I don't care if you're the Dalai Lama. It doesn't matter thoughts are going to continue to come into your mind. You're going to hear sounds outside. Oh, what was that? And so it's not about, I think this is where a lot of people feel like they fail. It's not about having absolutely nothing. It's about just bringing the focus back, bringing the focus back just to center. And what it helps you do over the long haul is if you're spending that 10 minutes a day or whatever, just practicing coming back to center, then when you're in the midst of a chaotic work situation or whatever, you have this, this auto practice that goes, wait, I, I actually don't have to get caught in the chaos. I can just come back to center. And I think that that's one thing, like I said before, whether you were meditating or not, then it doesn't matter. You had certain practices that you put in place that makes you a more calm figure in the midst of a storm. And I got to tell you, that is a powerful position to be in. Yeah, yeah. Don't you feel like when you see a guy who is in the midst of 
chaos, going back to the thoughts of those guys who are barking orders and you feel like they're making chaos and everybody feels stress around them, but they're the boss. Isn't it the guy who really seems calm and open-hearted and maybe even able to smile during those situations? Isn't that the guy that more people naturally gravitate to as a leader? Don't you sure, think? Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Cause there's somewhere in there, your, your brain is going, where, where do I want to be in this? You know, yeah. how, how do I, how do I, again, it's perspective. It's like, how serious is this? Yeah. You know? And who, and who seems to have a better handle on yeah. the chaos here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah the, the more frantic you are, you don't, you, you appear less in control. You know, Absolutely. You're, you're, you know, so, and that's and the, fa- the, the irony of that too is a lot of times the people who are doing that are it's about trying to get control over yeah. the situation, yeah. right? Absolutely. And but it sort of has the opposite effect. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, and going back to some of the things you were saying about meditation and everything else, we get good at whatever we practice. So you know, Absolutely. what reminds to me is. What, what, am, what am I practicing? Because I'm going to get good at it. And what we all can be guilty of is practicing being distracted. Yeah. We have uh, notifications. Everybody's notifications. really good at that now. Yeah. Everybody's got notifications out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to turn them off because in my business and many businesses, you have to be aware of notifications and you have to be responsive. Mm-hmm. So there's a line, there's a balance line there. And so in meditation or just trying to be calm for 10 minutes, just trying to be quiet for 10 minutes. There's a practice of refocusing and pulling away from the distraction, pulling away from whatever it is that's not important at the time. Yeah. So we're, we're practicing all the time. So what are we practicing? And, um, distraction is something that we practice unwillingly sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this, this might be putting you on the spot just a little bit, but I'm going to try to go here with this. So I'm thinking about, it just occurred to me about that calm in the midst of chaos and various personalities. And, you know, each of us has to do that in our different way. But I recall years ago being on the production of an Amy Grant tour and I was talking with, uh, and I was just on one segment of it local. And I remember talking with one of the regular tour guys and he was saying that he had been on some tour previous to that one, I think, you know, a metal tour or something like that. And he said, I have never been on a tour that's so loving, so open that everyone cares about one another so much. And there's such a sense of peace. And he said, I feel so good about my work. And just talking about what a huge difference that made in his life. And so I'm thinking that during the pandemic, like you said, a lot of people in the entertainment industry, um, it wasn't like, okay, we're going to skate by. It was like, there's nothing happening, nothing. And so a lot of people, I think, went had to literally find other jobs, other careers outside of that. And maybe a lot of those people, you know, didn't last or didn't make it back into the entertainment industry. And I would think that part of the reason that you're able to come back on such a big tour, first of all, you know, you you have your network. However, some of your abilities to lead in the way that you do and with some of this deeper understanding, I think has to play into your longevity there and why 
you're a first call guy on major tours like that. So like I said, that may be putting you on the spot a little bit, but what do you think about that? Well, thank you for saying that. Um, I, you know, I think experience is a big deal. And uh, again, being observant of who you're working with and how, how they operate and what the expectancy is. Um, I do think that it's, uh, has been to my benefit, uh, being able to, you know, handle certain situations. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't, uh, lose, lose control or go off sure. uh, in the wrong direction sometimes, sometimes, but I'm better about catching myself. And yeah, that's it, isn't it? Back to perspective is like, how serious is this? There's nothing serious about what we're doing. You know, we, we, uh, in my business, we have jobs that other people envy. We get to work in the entertainment business. There's a lot more work to it than a lot of people imagine. We get to post all the highlights, but people don't know what's going on. You know, it's like a kitchen. You, you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to go back there. Right. You just want to see the plate delivered <laughs> on display and stuff like that, but don't, don't go back there. It'll ruin it for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Same thing in the music business in entertainment business. I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, but it has been to my benefit and I think it's an experience of having good role models and uh, mentors and some not so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you get to see the contrast and what each one brings, right? What, what each of those situations looks like. Absolutely. Absolutely being observant about yeah. it. And you know, you're, you're a creative guy too. You're a drummer and use your creative mind a lot in your work and in other areas. And, you know, we talked a little bit about that, just trying to balance that creative mind with the analytical mind and wanting to do so many things. And how do you feel like you best create balance between all the things that you want to do, because talk of that, that can also be part of the distraction, you know, shiny things here and there. And when you're in a creative environment around other creative people, it just naturally stirs up your creative energy. So you started the Road Dog Project. How do you determine? Oh, there speaking he is. Of, See, of- right on cue. He's like, <laughs> that's my show. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're talking about me again. <laughs> exactly. And how do you determine which of those creative projects you actually want to dive into and make them more than just a thought or an idea that it actually becomes a real thing, like doing the road dog project. How do you determine which ones am I going to dive into and make them manifest? Well, it's uh, interesting. Uh, I want to speak to the part of creative minds versus uh, analytical or, uh, you know, uh, organizational minds. Mm -hmm. I think I have a little bit of both. I come from a musical background, musical family. I'm a musician, drummer. And I think that helps me. I think a lot of people in my business are in it because they enjoy music in one way or another, whether they're musicians or not. I think it's to my benefit also that I can help further the experience for the artist because I understand music, because I understand the creative part of it. But the reason that I and so many others in my business as production managers and tour managers have jobs is because most artists and creatives operate 90%, 99% of the time in that creative mind. And outside of that, it's chaos. And so I bring structure, I bring a schedule, I bring, I keep people point in the right direction. And, and some of them love it because it's like, where do we go now? What do we do now? Where's the stage? What time? What time sound check? All those things, which allows them to be creative. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I thought with the advent of Google was going to put us all out of work because you can 
answer any question in the world with a phone. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. amazing the questions that I still get to this day about how far is it from here to there? How long is it going to take for, to get from... It's like, you know, there's a thing in your hand that will tell you that right now without <laughs> even calling me. I haven't gotten call. I've been out of the country and gotten a phone call asking me how long it was going to take to get from here to Austin, Texas or something like that. Like, you had to call <laughs> really? me? But that's okay that's because that keeps buddies. me working. Right. And, and That's why I'm the manager. <laughs> right, right. And I come from the days of printing itineraries and day sheets yes. constantly. And we still do that stuff. But now a lot of things are on, you know, on apps and stuff where you can see a schedule of the day and that sort of thing. But it doesn't matter. You're still going to get the questions. I mean, I could be right. standing next to the schedule on the wall and somebody asked me what time sound check. And I'll go, oh, let's see. It's right. You <laughs> know. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter, but that's okay. That's why I still have a job. And that's why I still have a job. Right. Um, I, I, so uh, there's a balance for me. Um, and then when I had the opportunity and uh, questions about what I was going to do next while our, our industry was on hold, I mean, it was a really, there was a, there was a time there where like, are we ever going to get to have crowds again? I know. It was um, really, yeah, really messed with your brain, yeah, didn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and on that, too, I want to say, you know, there was a it was a really frustrating time because there was, you know, we were considered non-essential and literally the last ones to ever go back to work. Because if you had if you needed a crowd, you were out of luck. Right. Um, and that was frustrating. And and, mm-hmm. and I know that I have people in my life that kind of looked at me like, well, you're in the music business uh, entertainment. Maybe it's time to get a real job. It's like, no, this is a real career. We've been doing this. We built these careers from an early age. This is not, you know, fun, all fun and games. No. But anyway, that was, a, that was a frustrating point for me. But when trying to find something else to do, you know, creativity was the thing. But what I am in, in the practice of in my business is putting things together and putting the logistics together. And so instead of doing like so many people maybe like yourself, and it still can be complicated. I've learned a lot about podcasting and all those sort of things. Instead of just getting a camera and a microphone, I had to go get a tour bus, and I had to bring a dog, and I had to get a driver, and I had to fuel up, and I had to get a guest, and I had to get a COVID uh, officer. And I, you know, it's, I, I couldn't have made it harder for myself. Right. And we're driving around. Yeah, just keep it interesting. And so I put all the things together because that's what I'm in the practice of, you know, organizing things and putting them together to present something. But then when it came time to shoot the first one, after we did all this testing on a moving bus and a dog, we had never ridden a bus and people in COVID and being scared to be near each other and (laughs) getting a driver and all these things. Then it was time to shoot the first one. And I thought, oh, now I have to do this. Now I have to be on this side. Now I have to be uh, a personality and I have to do this other thing that I've never done before, which is being a journalist, being an interviewer, that sort of thing. So there was a, a real uh, eye-opening experience for me in uh, sort of the balance of creativity and organization and some technical parts to that as well. And, uh, you know, a really a, a, a learning about myself, really learning about myself as well. Sure. You know, it's interesting too, is uh, when you're talking about, I was thinking about the the way that, you know, people come to you with these questions and then balancing the organizational and the creative mind and balancing people. And isn't it the same as being a drummer? Because if you think about it, the drummer holds down the groove, holds down yeah. the foundation, sure. right? And sure. you use all the limbs at yeah. once, you yeah. know? And so it's like, okay, this is happening over here, but I my job 
is to yeah. keep the beat yeah. no matter what, keep the structure. right? Keep the structure. Yeah. So when you were talking about that creative mind yeah. and then being a structure it's person, yeah. it's always interests me how a person, who they are and the package that you came into the world with. Yeah, it's yeah. so interesting yeah. how you can see the pattern of it mm-hmm. kind yeah, of in yeah, every no, area yeah. of a person's life. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah, it's really fun. And I mean, I've, you know, I, I became a Remo Drums health rhythms facilitator because Remo has put a ton of money and research into learning what drumming does for the mind, for the body, even releasing uh, cancer-fighting killer cells through their particular drumming protocol. They can measure it in the bloodstream. So... I'm just so fascinated with rhythms, with drumming, and you know that's that's part of my natural thing as well. But studying a lot of that also led me to even be able to put more science to the fact that music, while something like a pandemic may call this a non-essential, guess what? That is not the truth. Music is essential. It is essential for our living, for our healing, for our joy, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a part of what we need day in and day out. You know. Yeah. Um, Everybody's looking for escape or entertainment of some sort. So something something to uh, let go, uh, something to soothe that. Um, You know, music is connected to emotion and expression. Yeah. You know, even people that are not musicians and can't play an instrument or whatever will f- catch themselves singing along to something that they relate to. And so they're expressing themselves. Even if it's in the car by themselves, there's an expression. So yeah. all, all this stuff is tied to emotion. But I like your perspective on drumming in that it bring it does bring the structure to the art, to the creative. And also, I am a sound engineer, came up in the production business as a sound engineer, and I've also related that to the creative. It is a very creative thing for me because you are taking the elements from the band and you're able to paint that and color that and adjust that and deliver yeah. it. You can deliver it. And a console, an audio console to me is as an organizational way. It's almost like a, you know, in, in my uh, jobs, I'd use a lot of Excel sheets and there's a lot of different ways you can organize an Excel sheet for whatever you're applying it to. Mm-hmm, the console mm-hmm. is a lot like an Excel sheet. It's a grid of different ways, different paths. And so it all connects to me, the creative with the organizational elements. Yes. Well, also as a performer, I've always considered our sound engineer to be another member of the sure. band. Sure. Because it doesn't matter yeah. Yeah. what a great job we're doing up there. Yeah. We're in that guy's hands. And if, if he doesn't know what he's doing or he doesn't know how to paint, to grab the nuances, to paint that picture, then I've just seen some shows where it was just so sad because I could see the musicians and I could see how much of emotion and passion and skill and art that they're pouring into what they're doing. And I just wanted to go strangle somebody because I'm like, that is not translating to the audience yeah. and and it it's happening right here you know yeah. and on the flip side of that got to go see Bruce Springsteen the other night oh nice and 
It was so amazing. And I'm telling you, my sister and I, she took me as a treat. And that was a huge treat. I didn't even know we were going. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is where we are. So first song, it started great. But I mean, like that, like that, that engineer had that dialed in. And, you know, we always notice that. And so when Bruce takes his first solo, the tone everything. I mean, we looked at each other and we went, oh my gosh, right off the bat. He was looking down and I couldn't really let him know, but I'm going to have to look him up and you might even know. I'm like, I have to send that sound engineer a note and go, dude, you just so nailed it on that show, you know? And and not everybody realizes just how critical that guy is. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah, <laughs> to everything, no, absolutely. It could take yeah. sometimes it could take a song or two before they get it dialed into where they need yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah. Even I was amazed how fast he dialed it in. Yeah. So you know, typically they'll have a sound check, but even if with a sound check, uh, you're sound checking in a building. You probably did, went to the arena. Was that where you were at? Yeah. Yeah. So everything changes how it sounds. So when you get a, you're doing a sound check with no people. And then you no fill people. it with thousands of people. That's uh, that's all affects the sound. And so it's, um, yeah, there's an art to it. There's an art to it. There's creativity to it. Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. I always like to sing the praises of my sound engineer friends because people just really don't realize just how much is going yeah. on for that guy. You know, so right. and the and the and you know, for any of you watching, you monitor guys as well. You're huge. You're everything to oh, the artist. Yeah. yeah. Again, right. people have no idea what's going on no. uh, during a show and that sort of thing. You mentioned Buford Jones earlier, which is from who is from Dallas, Texas. And even before I got to interview him, uh, I would say the same thing. He said the same thing is that, you know, it's like playing an instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has an old quote from when he was working with uh, Linda Ronstadt that uh, somebody said to him and he thought he was going to use that if he ever wrote a book. It's called uh, Mama Bakes the Cake, but you serve it up. I you know? love that. Yeah. I I love that. That's a great analogy. And you've been working with Alanis for a while, right? About seven years now. Yeah. And so I know there's a lot of excitement right as you're about to hit the road and do this tour. And what is this like for you right now, right before everything starts? Well, one thing is I may have confused you a little bit. So I'm actually leaving on another tour uh, Sunday, I'll be gone for a month with uh, a, a different act called Runaway June. It's an up and coming country act. It's an armed forces tour visiting U.S. bases overseas: Italy, Germany, Japan, Okinawa, and South Korea. Oh, that's great! Yeah, so, and then you so, do that tour first, and then you go to Atlantis's yeah, tour. Yeah, and and in the meantime, I am already adv- doing advance work and organizing shows for Atlantis's uh, dates this year, which won't be sure. as extensive as the last two years. The last two years, we've been pretty busy throughout the summer and the fall with mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, kind of being gone on the road for months on end, uh, right. that sort of thing. And so this act that you're going out with, tell me who they are again. Runaway June. Runaway June. Um, they're based here in Nashville. Um, okay. And they are, they've been around for a couple of years and they've got a new record coming out and um, uh, going over with uh, Judy Seal International. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different organizations that do these military visits uh, for the troops. And, uh, you know, everybody knows about USO, but this is not right. the USO. This is a different organization. And um, it is a rewarding thing because uh, all our troops are stationed all over the all over the globe. 
and then to have a little taste of home, have some entertainment come over. Uh, they, they just love it. And their families, their family, these are on the U.S. bases. Yeah. And uh, the families are there. And so it's not just the troops sitting there. And, you know, some of the old days used to see Bob Hope in the, uh, doing a show in front of just troops sitting there in uniform. These are families. These are in theaters. These are in real venues on the bases. Right. So it's re- I've done a few of these before. And this is, it's very rewarding. Oh, I can only imagine. I yeah. think that I think that is really wonderful. So you've done these before and you know what that feels like and so I know there's I know there's a lot of excitement as sure, you sure. and and a lot of a lot of mental stuff going on too about the checklist sure. and everything sure, sure. getting ready to do it. So but it's but it's always exciting to start a new project. I'm mm-hmm. very project oriented myself yeah. getting ready to start the next podcast or the next tour or whatever it is. So you have been so kind and generous, you know, literally being ready to walk out the door to do this right now. And when do you think, will you be able to do a podcast while this is going on? Yeah. So when I put the, not knowing what I was getting myself into in so many different ways, uh, when I did my (laughs) podcast, I thought I was going to go shoot all these episodes I was going to turn around in a couple of weeks and start churning them, put, you know, releasing them and that sort of thing. Right. Not the case. Not the case. Uh, you know, I dove in, but I don't have experience in editing video. So I needed help with that. And I didn't have experience with YouTube. I didn't, all these different things. And it just uh, was very discouraging at first because I didn't know how to get this done. Yeah. I, I yeah. thought I, I had no idea, like, like I mentioned before, perspective, I had no idea what went into it. So... Uh, I went and shot all those episodes, 2020 and 2021, and it took me months to get the first ones out. And then I, then, I, then we went back to work, and so I had to put that on hold. And I then uh, then I was able to release, edit, and release more of them. And um, so I want to put together another series. At the time when I did that, tour buses were sitting around doing nothing. Now, not so much. They are yeah. all very busy. And yeah. so uh, my... Uh, Partners in this, celebrity coaches, were very uh, accommodating to help me get that going and understanding. You know, when I'm approaching people about doing this thing, I was like, "What are you? What are you trying to do? What is this?" Um, Son of a mobile studio. <laughs> yeah, and um, I'm working on trying to find some gaps of time when I can get a bus and um, shoot some more to put out another series. Uh, you know, I, I hope to continue this. I. Uh, through the struggles and the challenges of it and the frustration of it, I fell in love with the process and I mm-hmm. gained a huge appreciation for people that sit in your seat and uh, the interviewing process and that sort of thing. Um, and so I want to continue. I want to do that some more. And I, I really enjoyed studying the people that I interviewed and, and learning a lot of different things. You can just go down yeah. 10 different rabbit holes every time you, you look it's at somebody's fascinating. history. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to enjoy people mm-hmm. and yeah. enjoy, you know, first of all, to to have care for the audience, for mm-hmm. the listener. Yeah. And yeah. because it ultimately you're wanting to do something that brings something that can be insightful, uplifting, inspirational, yeah. helpful to them in some way. And at the same time, like you mentioned before, for me, if it's not fun, we're not doing it. Yeah, that's just yeah, part. Yeah. That's just part yeah. of my personality. Make. I mean, obviously, we all do hard things, but 
things can be fun and hard at the same time. And I kind of like that. And so, yeah, that this is, you know, there's a lot involved in the process, but I also love hearing about other people, what they're doing and what perspectives they have on life. And I just think it keeps life juicy and interesting, sure, you know? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I've watched some of yours and I'm looking forward to seeing more of them knowing that. Yeah. It's kind of the way I've had to do it. They'll happen when they happen. You'd like for it to be as consistent as possible, but you've got a lot of other things going on. But I think it's good and I enjoyed it. And in fact, you know, like I said, when we started here, uh, we've known each other for a really long time. But when somehow I saw something, I'm like, oh, Don's doing a podcast. And I said, oh, I love this road dog project thing. And so I went on and I watched some of them. And then that prompted me to go, oh, we need to talk, you know, and then to get on and do this together. So I have really just loved and appreciated the time that we've been able to spend just catching up and talking about different things and know that you have to hit the ground running now and, and get out the door for the tour and um, just appreciate you. And I'm going to put a link to the road dog project awesome. so awesome. you can see that on youtube i'll put a link in the show notes yeah it's in the it's on youtube is the only place i have it right now and the reason for that is i mean a lot of you uh, podcasts are on all these uh audio platforms and that sort of thing but i spent so much time putting the whole thing together that i said by god i want them to watch <laughs> yes, and, and it's not yeah. a, it's not nearly about me and trust me i wanted to cut out every bit of footage of me once you watch <laughs> yourself on camera and listen to yourself it's the, it's the most horrifying thing i've gotten past a lot of that <laughs> yeah but, you just have to get over it <laughs> right but it's about the guests and it's about the tour bus and it's about you know leon if you want to watch that part um, right and so it's on YouTube, but we have uh, our social sites uh, on, on uh, everything is at the Road Dog Project, if you want to find us. At the Road Dog Project. That's perfect. Well, I've loved it and I wish you the best on the tour and will keep you in my prayers oh. when I meditate during that time to know that you're safe and you. that you're having a wonderful time and taking care of a lot of people. And... I hope that if you're listening to or watching this podcast today, that there have been some insights that you've gained. Don's really been able to share a lot with us about leadership and about calm in the midst of the storm. And there's a lot of little nuggets in here that you can use in your daily life to lift yourself up so that you can be a better leader, whether that's just for your family or whether it's for a whole lot of people. So thank you again, Don. And I'll talk with you soon. Thank you for the invitation. You are so welcome. Love big. Thanks for listening to the Naked Vibe Show. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, be sure to go to nakedvibes.com where you'll find links to your favorite streaming service because you don't want to miss an episode. I've got more great conversations coming from musicians, artists, entrepreneurs, world shakers, lovemakers, people who have interesting and inspiring stories that will help you along your journey. If you got some insights from this episode, I would love for you to let me know over on Instagram. That's a good place to find me, KimberlyKane.music.media. Kimberly, that's with an L-Y and C-A-I-N. 
If you do not yet have your free copy of the Instant Ignition ebook, download that right now on nakedvibes.com because it will really start to get you stirred up in your soul to learn more about what you truly want, what you have to give in this world. And if you're wanting to make a transition in your life, if you're feeling like, Mm, maybe you're not exactly in the place where you want to be right now. The Instant Ignition ebook can really move the needle for you because it'll get to the core of what's holding you back and help you start moving forward. Because who wants to stay stuck? Not when you have a mission, not when you have a purpose. And I assure you, you do. If you're interested in coaching with me this year, send me a DM on Instagram, KimberlyKane.Music.Media, and we'll set up a time to talk about that. Sometimes you need that spark to help you see what you can't see for yourself right now. That's what a good coach does, and I would love to be there for you. Until next time. You have the freedom to be naked and unashamed about who you truly are. Stand in the truth, love big, and you are aligned with the greatest power in the universe. I'm Kimberly Kane, and this is Naked Vibes. (laughs) 